Welcome to our Digital Disruptor series, where we profile companies and innovations that are set to remake and reshape industries, companies, and the economy. We hope you'll enjoy our interviews and always welcome any comments and suggestions. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of our Momenta Digital Disruptor Series. This is Ed McGuire, Insights Partner with Momenta Partners. And today, our guest is the CEO and co-founder of Crate.io, Christian Lutz. Uh, Crate is one of the most interesting new software companies uh, operating in the in connected industry space. Uh, Momenta Partners is an investor, so uh, I just want to you know, make that disclosure up front. But we're going to dive into uh, some of the uh, some of the context around what Crate is doing, and, and also explore some of the ways that Crate, as a as a platform and enabling technology, is actually helping their customers transform their businesses. So, uh, Christian, it's great to have you join us this morning. Uh, thank you, Ed, very much for the invitation. I'm thrilled to be part of this. Terrific. So, first, could you just provide a bit of, of background and context uh, about, you know, uh, about your your role at, at, at Crate and some of the, uh, you know, some of the experiences that really led you to, to, to found the company? Yeah, I'm happy to. So I'm um, with Crate since the beginning, one of the co-founders, and my background is in, I studied mechanical engineering in Vienna, Austria, and um, this is my fourth venture-funded enterprise software business, and um, we have been experiencing, my co-founder myself, these um, basically challenges when you approach um, the dynamics of handling machine data use cases. And we felt five years ago, actually, the need for a radically new approach to that and a new architecture for that. And um, with this experience from scaling scaling out a lot of backends, um, uh, we, we basically gained uh, insight what are the requirements for smart data management handling uh, for for IoT, and that was the basis how we started the company, really. Great. Could you provide a bit of context on uh, in the uh, the environment in the market, but really before you started the company, what were some of the the technological and business challenges that uh, that really had had led you to to identify a gap in the market as as you saw it so uh, Yodok, my co-founder and CTO um, he was CTO of a company called studi VC back then and studi VC you can imagine was the Facebook of Germany it was the largest website in Europe and he had to scale from I think when he started with like 20 servers to over a thousand servers. And um, the requirements for the databases were how do you scale out and how do you combine basically the, the, the challenge of developers can do SQL, but they cannot scale. And on the other hand, you had like the first no SQL type scalable database solutions, but then you didn't have the developers. 
And so this was really the triggering moment where the idea was created. Why wouldn't we just do a very new approach to that and use a, a cloud native NoSQL style document database with all the benefits of the lovely NoSQL world, but implement a distributed SQL query engine on top, which then kind of combines both worlds. So standard SQL, the lingua franca of uh, everybody really in this space, but in particular of industrial companies, and with all the benefits of a NoSQL scale-out architecture. This was really the idea and, um, and, and the brutal need because at that time uh, the, it was very difficult to have NoSQL scale-out know-how and at the same time a massive demand um, to scale data management solutions. And this, this was the core idea actually. Could you provide a bit of context, you know, for those who may not be familiar on the advantages of, of NoSQL databases and, you know, why why it is that, you know, traditional relational databases, which which use SQL, um, you know, have not been able to to achieve the, the, you know, the same level of scale? Yeah. So with a traditional SQL database, which is really relational data, and very often transactional uh, workloads. There was never, they were never intended from an architectural point of view to store hundreds of billions of records per day. Um, and that means the way you could scale them was you just buy bigger, fatter, more beefier machines. And on the other hand, the, the great invention that came along with NoSQL architectures was um, you have suddenly a distributed data store where the workload is shared across many nodes and um, you have high availability, you have self-healing, you have uh, real-time search and full-text search and very large data sets and all these beauties. But the disadvantage so far was that you have to give up um, the familiar language. So if you look to, for example, Mongo, you need to learn how to code in Mongo. If you do Elastic, you need to do uh, the same in Elastic. There have been developments of NoSQL databases where they basically started with SQL-like languages. So they brought it very close to a SQL language. Uh, Cassandra is an example for that. They call it CQL for Cassandra query language. But all of that is a problem because it's not SQL, it's just not compatible, which means all the applications, especially in an industrial environment where uh, a lot of investment has happened in team frameworks, applications, they're all SQL-based. And, um, and, uh, and our intention was, and this is what we basically deliver now, is that we combine this, these two worlds in a very straightforward way. So it's a standard ANSI SQL, and at the same time, you have those benefits of uh, the NoSQL world. A little disclaimer here is because there is no warm ice cream, as you know. So we, of course, focus on machine data use cases. So we're not transactional. We're not interested in uh, transactions uh, and asset compliance. We really want to deal with uh, billions of records of sensor data 
and um, and 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 focus on high concurrency and real time for JSON documents and relational documents and data within one database. Great. Could you talk about how you have evolved the 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 product and the technology really to to focus on that on that business case? Because there there certainly are, are a lot of different database alternatives, you know, for somebody who's trying to to solve a problem. Yeah. But machine data is certainly an area where there's there's not uh, I, I would say you guys are are hacking away a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the jungle in in a pretty new area. Uh, you know how how has this you know this vision really informed the way that you have have designed and architected the product? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So when we started, we had um, um, a very naive and very huge vision, which was simply hey, we're going to do a MySQL-style product that is now distributed and it's just awesome and everybody's going to love it. And then we basically realized um, that after winning TechCrunch, for example, we had a massive inflow of users using the product and we realized that we cannot hold up to the, the promise that comes with saying this is SQL compatible because people would automatically assume the feature richness of um, MySQL or SQL Server developed for 20 years and you as a startup basically out of the gates. Of course, you don't have this uh, full feature set. And so when we were realizing that, we were starting to ask users, hey, what are you actually using Crate for? And, and then we, we realized that it's 80% is machine data use cases. And so actually our customers really pointed us into that direction, where we originally had a much broader ambition, an unrealistic ambition, of course. And when we realized that, and this was probably three and a half years ago now, we, we saw this as our chance and really digged in into perfectly solving machine data use cases, which means you have um, usually a combination of firehose of data, very um, a lot of sensors with high volumes of data that has to be written in real time to a database where it also has to be queried in real time at the same time as it's been written to, and that you deal with what we call complex data. So it's JSON documents, nested JSON documents, it's relational data, it's time series, it's geospatial data, and in industrial context, almost every use case involves also a blob store, which means, for example, a plastic packaging manufacturer using us as X-rays of every single plastic bottle, and he needs to store the photos of these X-rays. And, and to store all of that in one system, eliminating the hassle to deal with two or three different systems, that's actually um, what we then realized we have to focus on and we dig deeper every day into delivering features for these use cases. Could you talk about how your customers can uh, can implement the technology? How do you deliver uh, the crate.io database? Are there are are there multiple options uh, that uh, uh, that your customers are looking for? Yes. So when we started the company, we only had in mind to deliver a code that you download and you deploy yourself, of course. So we have uh, many thousands of clusters running globally. 
where users would just download the database and deploy it on a virtual machine or on an IoT device and wherever they want. And about two years ago, we then realized that we should actually start offering this as a fully managed database service. And this is now uh, most of our customers consume us now um, through um, a fully managed solution that we provide currently on Azure with additional clouds um, uh, coming. Um, if, if I look to the market, then we see a very strong foothold of Azure in the industrial um, user space in Europe and, of course, Amazon in the U.S., and at the same time, Alibaba in China. And that's also how we look at the market and how we roll out our own cloud offerings. Great. Now, how, let's, let's, let's dive in a bit into some of the use cases and the ways that, that your customers have been able to solve problems uniquely using the technology that you've, uh, that, that you've developed. I think one of the aspects of a, a database is that it, it, it is a, is it, it's a technology that, that provides a, uh, a platform to users really to, to solve problems rather than being an application itself. So, um, you know, what are some of the ways that, that you are uh, addressing some of the unique needs that your, that your customers have? Um, I'll take an example of a company called Alpla in North America, who is a plastic packaging manufacturer, one of the leading in the world for rigid plastic products. So if you if you open your fridge or you go in your shower, you'll definitely have a product of them in your hand because they deliver the packaging for Johnson & Johnson, Unilever, Henkel, um, um, all these kinds of companies. And they started out two years ago with a, a data-driven manufacturing platform using the traditional approach, I would say, at that time, which, which is you have a a relational database, in this particular case, this was Microsoft SQL Server. They scaled it to the absolute maximum, the, the most expensive machine you can buy, and, and at the same time hitting the limits of scaling. If you want to start storing hundreds of millions of records per day per factory, and this company has 180 factories around the world in 45 countries, and you, you realize that that's, um, that's a scalability challenge. So the next step you approach in solving that is that you, you, you need this relational database because it's your topology of your sensors. It has um, ERP information. It may have other relevant information. And all of that is relational type. And so you put on the next, as a next step on the site, an event store. Um, this is where you store all the sensor data, the JSON documents that are coming in. And now you have two databases, really. And you need to merge them somehow to do proper applications and queries. So you start to create sync tables and you, you duplicate the data because you have to merge certain tables so they make sense. And, and this gets A, expensive with cloud footprint but it's also a huge hassle in handling and keeping all of that data in sync. And at the same time, um, you don't maybe don't get the people to deal with these kind of technologies as you grow the team. And 
this was when we started working together with them and we replaced basically uh, with CreateDB all of the other existing data management solutions um, running on Azure. And just to give you an idea, so one factory has 950 different sensor types. And the original approach was to have one table per sensor and store the data in those tables and then make joins and complex queries to run dashboards. And obviously that fails from a simple performance point of view. And now when they switched over to Crate, they basically made a huge table that is thousands of, rec uh, of columns wide and billions of records deep. And, and cre they created an IoT real-time data lake for all of their factories, where basically all the information flows together. And by today, we have connected 20 of the 180 factories. And there's a tough roll-up plan over the next two years to bring all the factories online. And this creates a data pool where then their own teams and external companies and other tools like open source tools can be put on top of this data platform. Um, and since it's running in Azure, um, they also benefit of this integration so they can use all the surrounding APIs and applications and services that are, from our point of view, commodity services, like how to connect to a sensor with a OPC UA gateway or how to connect an MQTT sensor or how to do a visualization with Power BI. All of that is commodity, really. Uh, the, the trick is that you build the foundation with a, a real-time IoT data platform where the SQL interface allows anybody to deal with it and any other application also to be integrated with. What's interesting is that they've actually been able to to use the the data and the analytics to uh, improve their uh, their their uptime the and and also you know save quite a bit of money on on the amount of of uh, labor that's that's required to ensure that the the factories are are running and and I you know yeah. had, had spoken uh, we've spoken about this before but I thought it was quite interesting was that this that the actually this this simple uh, backplane of, of, uh, of data analytics technology really has enabled them to rethink their entire processes and and really digitize their factory for the you know in, in in a way that they had not been able to do before I fully agree and and to be honest it's always quite astonishing you know we see with a lot of offers we make and, and POCs we see, we get quite some insight on how companies are dealing with that. And when you start talking to companies about this whole real-time IoT approach, like everybody thinks about, okay, we have to apply AI and now let's do machine learning to figure it out. And the reality is much more mundane. It's, it's really, there are so low-hanging fruit for these companies, low-hanging fruits for these companies, which means they, just the fact that they have all the production data in real time, which allows to trigger uh, real time alerts to the guys on the shop floor, that's that's pretty obvious, you would think, but it's very difficult with this amount of data and the data cleaning involved and the data enrichment you have to do and everything. 
But this is really what immediately improves the efficiency of the shop floor. And, and, and that's just connecting all the dots together with the right tools. The, the future, of course, is that you then apply AI and machine learning capabilities to detect problems in the future. But the, like for, for most of the companies, it's just about, hey, let's get the stuff all online and in real time available. And this opens already um, a box of things that, that save money. And what you were pointing to on the labor side, um, that this is not just about saving labor costs in a, in a shift. This is really about um, enabling people to do a much more educated and a better and more interesting job. Example, in such a factory, there may be 10 production lines and maybe three people or four people in a shift 24-7 uh, work this factory, these 10 lines. Before the system was in place, each of these guys had to walk about 10 kilometers per day just to do all the checks on the machines, make sure everything's running smooth. And now this is being checked by the system and, and they only get to go where there's actually something to fix or there is a problem building up or something has stopped. And they immediately know it, they directly go there, they directly fix it. And this not only results in a higher output, it also results in a much cooler job for the guys there because they're not just stupidly ticking off checklists. They actually start to deal with the issues and, and, um, and are focused on fixing problems fast. So no waste is produced or no downtimes, unnecessary downtimes occur. Um, and that's really uh, also the return on investment for these guys, which was in the first year, literally, when they deployed it. Could you talk about some of the uh, the lessons that you've learned, you know, working with with customers like Alpla, um, how the, the success and the and, and the processes of arriving at, you know, a real transformation in the business um, is, is helping you to make a, a, a broader case to, you know, to, to other other companies in, you know, in the industrial uh, sector that, um, that, you know, that you're talking to and, and working with that, you know, how how you build on your lessons and, and uh, articulate value that goes beyond just being a, you know, a, a different technology solution, but but really leverage the you know the the use of technology to drive business value yes sure um i think what we learned and and experience every day is we're, we're really blessed that we had this opportunity to show our capabilities with alpla and this is a like a hardcore discrete manufacturing company which is has been optimized like in the last corner of each factory and with, they, will, they hit kind of a glass ceiling on increasing their overall equipment efficiency. It, they tried hard, they just couldn't get like significantly further. And this platform then basically allowed them to make a, a leapfrog really there. So they could really significantly um, improve the numbers. And when, when, when we now talk to customers or potential customers, and we are able to tell the story of the journey of the past two years with all these learnings, 
that's super value, valuable for these companies because they're very often not yet at this point and they can benefit a lot from these learnings. And of course, when you deploy such a technology, I remember very well that the initial reaction in the first factory was pretty negative because it was perceived as a as a you know NSA style watching device that now checks what are you doing and what are you not doing and this this is like a really tough thing and this after then like working with them and them slowly seeing actually this is helping me actually this is taking away a lot of stupid repetitive control work and suddenly I'm dealing with immediately with issues, I can help to improve the efficiency of the whole process. That's a very rewarding thing. And now this like turned around. Now the, the factories who haven't yet been deployed with the system are asking, uh, so actually when can we have that? And what, what, how can we help prepare this to get in as fast as possible? Simply because the, the benefit cross factories is is very visible, and um, the numbers, you know, just prove that this is a this is a valuable thing. And and what we learned is that, uh, and and I admit this was an unexpected learning, that the human factor in implementing all of that and making it work well uh, is is a big factor. It's not about replacing the people on the shop floor it's about winning them as partners and the the guy at Alpla who who run this he he used to before he did this digitalization and industrial uh, automation project he was 14 years the the CEO of whole of north america so he knew like every screw on the shop floor and and what he did and this was very cool he called the people in the platform that work with the application and deal with the machines, they're called heroes. And this shows the attitude that you have when you approach that. So you're talking, when the system produces an alert, it goes to a hero who then deals with this message and he has to fix the problem. And um, I found this a very, um, a very nice detail that really shows how important it is to basically uh, combine the creativity of people with their domain knowledge and their know-how, how to make it better and give them a tool in the hand that just does the stuff automatically in real time so they can focus on the issues that will come along uh, their way of in every single production day unavoidably. Yeah, that's, I mean, you really hit on a, a theme that just comes up over and over again, which is is the the challenge in managing you know organizationally uh you know how to how to get the best out of people and 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 that's uh, that's the biggest challenge of, of digital transformation so um i just want to ask one final question which is really to ask you to reflect on you know what you see first of all as your biggest challenges but then but then what are you most optimistic about uh in your vision for you know for crate and and the and the, and the value you're you're focusing on creating so from a challenges point of view, I think um, for us as a company, so you know we're not that huge yet. So for us, it's still about 
growing very fast in revenues, but also getting to a next uh, round of financing and to get the right investors there. And a function for that is that you have really successful products um, and successful customers. And for us, the key challenge is now to really decide which opportunities, which customers should we really engage and focus on because we know it's a long journey. And the the reward, however, is that you start with such a customer with maybe uh, one, 200K per year in the, in the first year, and then it grows very fast. Then you're at half a million, and then you're at one million with just one account a year. And so um, to, to line up a couple of those, and to decide which ones and where we focus our energy on to help them, um, that that's kind of a key challenge for us to get us to the next level. And in terms of what what we want to achieve, it's great. Is so we every day when we're coding in our most of our company is really developers. We're very developer heavy. It, this is really about digging deeper every day into machine data use cases. So with every customer, with every requirement, we learn more and more how we can improve the functionality in the database and to devote enough resources and energy to continue to innovate there. And because we're at the very at the very front of what's happening here, this is also our leverage um, that we have against these huge companies like the big cloud service providers and their data solutions, which are addressing a much probably bigger market in terms of like numbers of companies, like all the SMBs, for example. But the, the big scale uh, industrial uh, customers, they, they really need um, a specialized solution and we think that's also the future. It's not about one database rules at all. It's really about very distinct data management solutions for particular use cases. And, and one big use case is uh, industrial machine data handling and industrial time series. And that's where we want to get better and better every day. And, and with every customer we learn and we get more credibility in the market. And so it's a super exciting time uh, looking looking ahead. Awesome. Well, it's great uh, getting a getting a deeper view into the work that you guys are doing. And uh, you know, as as you know, uh, Momenta is is a big believer and, and a supporter of the the work that that Crate is doing as, as well as the team. So uh, again, this has been Ed McGuire Insights Partner at Momenta with uh, Christian Lutz, who is the uh, co-founder and CEO of Crate. Thank you once again, Christian. It's been uh, it's been always always. Super Super interesting uh, hear, hearing you tell the story. Thanks for having me, Ed, and uh, all the best. This is Ed McGuire, Insights Partner at Momenta Partners, and we thank you for listening to our Digital Disruptor series of interviews. For further information, please check the show notes as well as our website for more information on the innovations and innovators profiled here. And as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. 